You're listening to an Arte podcast. Doris DuPont is an award-winning fashion designer and founder of New Zealand Fashion Museum. She has curated major fashion exhibitions and regularly presents and writes about fashion history and trends. In 2013, she was made an officer of the New Zealand Order of Merit for services to fashion. Her latest exhibition, Moana Currents, Dressing Aotearoa Now, was curated with fashion journalist Dan Awa and opened on the 7th of September. This exhibition of fashion and adornment explores how Māori and Pacifica design weaves into our sense of identity. The exhibition is at Te Uru Waitakere until the 1st of December 2019. What was the process of putting together a large exhibition like Moana Currents Dressing Aotearoa Now? And what can we see in the show? The, um, the um, uh, precept of the exhibition really is um, the, um, um, I suppose, celebrating the emergence of, of, of ourselves as Moana people. So rather than um, being, um, you know, New Zealanders, which are, are European, we are becoming Moana people, people of I Aotearoa. really love that. Yeah. Um, what was the process of putting together a large exhibition like Moana Currents Dressing Aotearoa Now uh, like? Yes. Well, actually, compared to some of the other exhibitions we've done, it's quite a small one, but it's very concentrated because uh, because each of the objects or each of the mannequins in the exhibition uh, are wearing garments, but also um, uh, adornments, so uh, body adornments from uh, different tattoo artists and, and jewellery from contemporary jewellery makers, uh, shoes, hats, uh, bags, so you know they've they've really been styled to a whole uh, contemporary look. Um, all of your mannequins are blue. Can you tell us about the story yes. behind that? Yes. Well, um, because of the conceptualisation of the exhibition, um, wanting indeed to present an image of. Uh, of Aotearoa, of people, of Moana people, um, how we could look uh, if um, if we were to uh, to embrace that. Um, I looked at other exhibitions, and exhibitions have mannequins that are black or white, um, and I thought we are not black or white. It's not that straightforward. Um, so I wanted to embrace the um, what we might look like as people of Te Moana Nui Akiwa. So people of the Moana, of the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. Um, and so I thought, well, perhaps we are blue people. I, I just love this. Yes, well, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful project because it meant we do... The Fashion Museum actually owns a set of mannequins that we were gifted by Smith & Coe's. Um, but they are, uh, you know, uh, shop window mannequins, so they're beautiful and tall and slender and white um, and with, you know, painted faces made up there selling, you know, selling high fashion. Um, And I wanted to represent what we look like. So the mannequins in the exhibition are very, various shapes and sizes, um, as we all are. Um, And they are, the, the cohesive element is that they are blue, I love it. And uh, some of them have 
um, tattoo on them um, and markings. Uh, one I noticed was by Vimela Urali, uh, whose brother is also responsible for uh, one of the shirts. Yes, yes, the that, whole whole ensemble. The whole it? ensemble he put yes, together. Yes, it's from Overstayer. When, so it's, her brother is indeed uh, King Capisi. Yeah. Uh, and it is from a collection that he did uh, and showed at New Zealand Fashion Week in 2003. So it's actually, that's the oldest look in the exhibition. But we think it's still really current. Um, and in uh, in a lot of ways, it epitomises the the conversation of the exhibition, because it was a collection that was designed to be sold, and not to be sold, but designed and sold through farmers, um, which is you know there's little more mainstream and New Zealand than uh, than farmer stores. I love that, and it also puts it in this coveted uh, position now because obviously it would no longer be available at no, farmers, but no. now it's in a, a gallery yes. and everyone wants it. And everybody wants it, yes, it's, <laughs> it's nice, like, isn't it? It's like, damn, I missed yeah, that. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who else painted, uh, who else has decorated the skin of the, well, not decorated, sorry. Yes, yeah, but yeah. But who yeah. else has, adorned, adorned the skin. It's a really interesting, isn't it, because uh, that we went um, with adornment it has to do with what New Zealand looks like now. There's a huge amount of uh, uh, tattoo, um, huge uh, uh, revival in uh, in traditional motifs and uh, and uh, uh, value given to uh, to tattoo. So, uh, and within the sort of conceptualization of how you dress, uh, there's this sort of idea of being properly dressed. Um, so, I mean, you, you know, in your own instance, you, you're sitting here too, you need, uh, you know, you don't just wear clothes, but you also wear a scarf, you, wear, you choose your shoes, you choose your earrings, you choose um, some jewellery, you might choose perfume, you know, grooming, all of those things have to do with being properly dressed. And wearing tattoo, wearing markings is a, a part of being properly dressed. People are not themselves without their markings. And so we wanted to include those in the exhibition. And we have uh, tattoos by a n- number of um, different artists, uh, six different tattoo artists. Um, so uh, Pip Hartley uh, from Kāranga Inc. Uh, Tyler Vial also works out of uh, Kāranga Inc. Uh, Moko Smith. Um, Julia Gray, who is uh, actually from PNG, from Papua New Guinea, and they have a quite a different, uh, different style of marking, body markings, uh, where they decorate the face as well. Um, and it's because we have a, a, a one of the designers is from Papua New Guinea, yeah. so um, she really wanted to do uh, do his um, his mannequin. Uh, and the other one is. Um, Victor Webster, and Victor Webster is a um, based in New York, uh, New Zealander uh, who trained who trained here, and his he's represented actually by a top that has a tattoo motif on it that he was commissioned to do for Junior Watanabe for our Comme des Garçons for the last collection, the Spring Summer two thousand nineteen. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. One of the key questions is around Māori and Polynesian heritage influencing the way we dress. Where did you start with this line in inquiry? Uh-huh. And um, where have you finished over the course of researching and making this exhibition? Well, it's never finished, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it, it's been um, a, a concern for me or an interest for me right from, um, from the get-go in my own design work 
to think about um, creating uh, work that speaks of being here in New Zealand rather than um, emulating what's what's happening overseas or following overseas trends. And so in my own design practice, I worked with various New Zealand artists um, to create original textiles. So yes, to to extend that conversation about who we um, who we are. Um, and so so in a way, this exhibition is sort of a natural follow on from all of those prior conversations. Um, Your own inquiry as an artist, is, is yes, really yes, what it yes, is. yeah, an extension yeah. of that. Yes, as an as an artist and as a social anthropologist. Well, absolutely, and that's such a wonderful term. Yeah. Well, that's that's my my original um, training was uh, through uh, through the university. I did a BA in uh, in social anthropology, so that's where that's my background. I have no fashion. Uh, formal fashion background. Can you tell uh, a, a little bit more about what social anthropology is? Please? Oh, okay. Um, so centri- social anthropology is the study of people and uh, and social organisations, how people um, relate to each other, how they how societies are organised. Um, yeah, so it's just a uh, you know looking looking at people and uh, and their interactions and their their values. Um, it's looking at uh, at formalised structures within societies um, and looking for um, sort of models, uh, you know, so patterns and models across different societies. Uh, and yes, I suppose sort of you know the sort of values. Does it do any forecasting? No, I don't think so. Really, it's not really about forecasting. It's yeah. much more about um, um, just understand. I, I, sp- I suppose you can use it in order to forecast. Yeah. In that you can um, yeah. uh, sort of document, I suppose, how uh, how those relationships and values change, um, and how uh, and which things seem to influence it. Um, but it's not. It's it's primarily about reading what's there rather than. Um, than trying to uh, future forecast. I want to do a degree in that now. Yes. Oh, it's well. Part of um, the Arctic stuff I do is all about making yep. change, yep. and yep. it's all about strategy of different mixing up different um, sort of energy centres of, of creativity yep. and cross pollination. That's a particularly strong thing from New Zealand. You know that, don't you? That New Zealanders are not really constrained by um, the sort of categories of making. So um, a musician uh, has no qualms about um, acting in a production or, uh, you know, a, 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 a poet will contribute to, uh, to a dance performance or, you know, there's a lot of crossover. I think because we're quite small and yes. we're uh, quite interconnected communities, we work together on things. And I suppose in a lot of ways the exhibition was about that because the people who have um, participated are connected, have been working together, have been responsive to each other. For the tattoo artists, for example, um, I didn't give them any brief. I, I showed them the garments that we had and the people whose garments they were and they chose which one they would like to create body art for. Um, and they chose what they would like to create for them. So it wasn't prescribed at all um, because I trust that they... Yes, it's so important to, to let the experts do what the experts do. Exactly. And give them the tools to do it. Yep. 
There are both Pākehā and Polynesian makers included in, in the exhibition, which prompts an inter- interesting question. What constitutes a Pacific designer? Um, I think the um, critical question really is uh, the... Uh, we have, in New Zealand, we have Aotearoa Pacifica people or Aotearoa Moana people. The designers who are New Zealand, New Zealand based and have their uh, their heritage in the in the islands of uh, of the Moana are not. If their heritage is uh, Samoan, they are not uh, Samoan Samoans. They are New Zealand Samoans, and th- that's quite a big. That's quite a big shift. It's a different cultural environment they live in. And so their response is informed by their heritage and by their uh, their backgrounds and perhaps their family, you know, their sort of family connections and uh, and the like. But they live in Aotearoa. And if you live in Aotearoa, it's a, you know, it's a it's an urban uh, urban environment. It's a, a very sort of modern environment. Uh, and so you, that is your response. If you look, the, the garments are all Western. They they are you know they're they're um, they're sort of, yes they're all Western stitched. Would, stitched. would that be the Westernized thing? I suppose yeah. stitching. Um, no, stitching. Stitching is a very interesting one actually because stitching actually um, existed before before the missionaries arrived. Um, Yes, so stitching is not the oh. hallmark of uh, of Western clothing, but the uh, the, the modesty of uh, uh, of the West, so the covering of uh, of the body, yep. um, is definitely originates from the West, but is very very strong and probably stronger in the in the um, the islands in uh, in the Moana than in um, in New Zealand because. Uh, if you look at you know the sort of hip hop culture and uh, uh, the women and things in hip hop culture, there's a lot of um, a lot of body exposed that that would be unacceptable um, in in uh, in the tradition in the societies of, um, in the um, home countries. Oh, interesting. Mm. There are a number of Pākehā designers working with motifs and methods of the Moana in the exhibition. Does this veer into appropriation territory, or does it land somewhere else? I think it lands somewhere else, and I think it lands. Uh, f- I suppose for me, one of the um, sort of breakthrough moments, in a way, was uh, in my own practice in two thousand and three. I did a collection with John Poulet. Uh, so John Poulet is a New Zealand uh, artist who was born in Niue and grew up here uh, in New Zealand, and. I did a, uh, a collection for Fashion Week called Let's Gather Here, based on a piece of work of John's, um, an original piece of work, which he allowed me to use um, and manipulate so that we could put it onto, uh, onto textile. He trusted me. He, had, he gave me this piece of work to use, um, and uh, and I created a collection, and the first time he ever saw it was on the runway in St Kevin's Arcade at Fashion Week, and um, he was delighted. So, um, bringing my tailoring sensibility, my Western tailoring sensibility to his artwork, um, and yes, translating that, using it, you know, um, appropriating it, you might call it, except it was given. Yeah. Um, 
uh, was received with, um, uh, I suppose, with sort of the, the sort of generosity, the understanding that um, bringing two things together actually enriches rather than deprives one or the other. Um, and that probably has been my, I suppose, my my standpoint in, in looking and evaluating the garments that we've brought into the exhibition, yeah. um, both Dan and I. Um, and as you know, of course, Dan has uh, Samoan heritage, so, um, so I, I covered, we've covered our backs a little um, <laughs> by, um, you know, by, by bringing in that sensibility, that understanding, that cultural understanding as well. Um, but it has been that one of of, under, of uh, it's one of the things Dan says that um, that he uh, that sort of convinced him that we should do this together is that two two minds you know um, are better than one. So bringing two two people together is enriching. Is uh, um, it's more powerful. It's more powerful. But you also you get more than um, uh, more than two. You you bring two together and you get you know you you get more than just to individual um, viewpoints. You get get something new happening. Yeah. You've been described as a cultural anthropologist and have been interested in how New Zealand identity is expressed through fashion for quite some time. How do you see this evolving? What would be your future view of how New Zealanders identity is expressed through fashion? Do you see that changing? Uh, no, no. I think, uh, well, I see it changing. Of course, things always change. Um, I would imagine um, with the um, sort of growth of other cultures, the, the, the input of other, other cultures, other migrants, uh, that we would continue to, to be open and to, uh, to evolve. Um, but I'm very, um, I think the um, sort of critical shift that's actually happening at the moment, and, you know, there have been signs of it um, earlier in our history, um, a lot earlier in our history, in fact. But I do think in the world as it is at the moment with the things that are happening in um, in the US and in Britain, so all the p- places that we, you know, um, have associated with have had our... Um, I suppose uh, have have structured our values, and um, that that's shifting, and that we are moving towards embracing our geography, so so that we are here in the Moana. We are a Pacific island. Um, we ourselves are Pacific islanders in this uh, in this Moana. Aren't we lucky? And I guess the one uniting factor is we've all we've all sailed the Pacific to get here, haven't we? We've all come. Some of us. No, haven't sorry, sailed that's true. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Delete. Yes, we haven't all we no, haven't all sailed, but we've all been on the water. Yes, well, we've all been on the water, but we've all crossed. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, we are an island. New Zealand is an island, very cleverly named the North Island and the South Island. <laughs> I'm hoping that and Stuart Island. Yeah, it would be nice to actually <laughs> update the name, wouldn't it? It would be, and I think it will come. Um, you you know, it's interesting that we now, um, most often people say Aotearoa New Zealand. Mm. Um, I, I'm a big advocate for pushing towards just saying Aotearoa, just call ourselves. It's much more Aotearoa. beautiful. It's much more beautiful. It's it's less, yeah, less, less rigid. Mm. Interestingly, just as a side on Instagram, um, for some reason Aotearoa isn't, you can't check into Aotearoa. You used to be able to, oh. and I keep meaning at some point to re-register it, but for some reason you can't, which seems really kind of uncool. I think it would be really good, actually, to spend the time at some point to go through and, and register all 
uh, proper names for areas. Yeah. You know, Māori yeah. names for yeah. places, yeah. so people can yeah. have a choice. Yes, yeah, exactly. And you know, particularly um, um, that sort of revival in in the language. Um, you know, the the willingness to embrace the language um, is is becoming more generalised. Um, mm. Compulsion in schools will um, will help that too, so that there's that all children have some uh, some raya. I think that's great. Yeah, I I yeah, I, that's definitely happening, isn't it? Because I yes, thought, yes, I thought yes, it was yes. definitely happening, yep, yep. and then there was all this yep. discussion. And I was no, like, no, what? I think the only discussions around it are about whether uh, about the time frame for rolling it out because you need teachers. Oh right, um, <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Okay, so you've long been interested in the intersections between art and fashion, and as a designer, you've worked with and incorporated imagery of New Zealand artists, including created prints for John Poulet and jewellery with Richard Clean. What did these collaborations offer your design practice? So right from the get-go, I've worked with um, various uh, ways to create fabric that was um, was uh, original. So doing things like um, working with um, applique, uh, getting artists to paint textiles for me, screen printing fabrics, uh, getting artists to paint fabrics. I worked with a graphic designer, Adrian Foote, who had a label, uh, a screen printing um, and design label called Footprints. Um, so she, I, she, I commissioned some work from her and we later worked in partnership with the DNA label, uh, Adrian and I. Um, and when that partnership broke up, I looked for other people to work with and um, and the natural place to look were people who were also concerned with representing New Zealand who and who we are and so working with New Zealand artists. Indeed, John Paulet was the first one I worked with, but I also worked with... Paul Hartigan, Sally Tagg, Tracy Williams. Oh, some good names. Yes, 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 some great people, really great artists and really um, generous artists. Oh, and uh, Gregory O'Brien, who's a poet and uh, and artist. Um, so I worked worked with them too uh, because they too are talking about what it is to be um, to be a New Zealander, what it is to be to be here, and uh, was lucky enough to have their trust in my. Ability to to uh, to create something that was that honoured their work, but also was wearable. You closed your label in two thousand and eight uh, to found uh, the New Zealand Fashion Museum. As a designer, you were a leader in promoting ethical and sustainable fashion, even in the nineteen eighties. From our vantage point today, this seems visionary and very ahead of its time. Why was ethical fashion and the environmental impact of fashion important to you? Well, it seems obvious, it, isn't it? <laughs> um, yes, I, I, I just think it. Uh, you know, it always always is. I, I, I suppose some of it had to do with um, my heritage. So I'm a child of Dutch immigrants, and my um, mother's family come from a family of tailors in the, in Holland, and my father come from a family of shoemakers. Um, so I grew up with. With quality clothing, um, so it came from Holland. So quality in in what you wore was was really important, and I think that's what I took to my own uh, own design um, design practices. The idea of uh, good design stays good; it uh, has longevity. Um, I'm 
just thinking about what I'm wearing and how old it is. I'm, um, I have. I love know, what you're wearing. <laughs> but it's very lovely and glittery. I and glittery it. today. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's it's. Um, I have a lot of old clothes in my wardrobe. In fact, I've been wearing a, a striped suit this year. Um, it's um, sort of red and pinks and things like that, which is uh, now. 19 years old um, and still stops people in the street. So, you know, so good design stays good design. It doesn't matter how old it is really. And, um, yeah, so that's that's my sustainability and my uh, responsibility, you know, the that caring for, making good clothes, caring for clothes is the most sustainable thing you can do. And if you buy New Zealand-made clothing, you're also doing good things for the economy here. Absolutely. What led you to establish the Fashion Museum? Um, so when I closed my business in 2008, I was going to look for something else to do, wasn't quite sure, um, and knew I would miss my business very, um, very much. Um, and so I went and did a year at university, uh, a postgraduate, um, an honours degree um, in museum studies um, because of the connections with social anthropology and, um, and the like. And in, during the course of that year, I came to the conclusion that um, a whole lot of institutions have garments in their collections, but they very rarely see the light of day. And clothing is such a, a wonderful tool for having all sorts of social, cultural, uh, scientific, um, creative conversations. Uh, it's, a, it's a tool... It, Everybody wears clothes. Everybody, men, women, children, they all understand clothing. They feel confident in thinking about um, about what it means, um, about what it uh, references in their past, um, in their aspirations. So t- clothing is just this magnificent tool, I think, to do all sorts of storytelling, and it wasn't being done. So I th- was thinking of a way that you could do that that was um, smart, Modern, um, so the, the fashion museum was established. It's a it's a museum without a building. It's a muse- museum without a collection. It's a museum that does storytelling. So we borrow garments um, to tell a story, and it mean and we borrow them from generally from private individuals who have kept them because they have some connection to them and this the, the, they have some significance for them. So that then they come to the exhibition already with a with a story, uh, with a personal story of a of a life lived and um, and the sort of a social life lived. So they're wonderful, you know, wonderful um, uh, vehicles for storytelling. Uh, we can tell their story. We can document them, put them in the fashion museum online because we're an o- online museum. So we're an online record. And the the URL is uh, the URL is uh, NZ Fashion Museum. Dot org dot nz. It's going to have to be um, uh, NZ Fashion, uh, perhaps Aotearoa Fashion Museum. Oh, yes. Don't you think? Yes. Yeah, perhaps one day. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so we document every, all of the exhibitions, all of the storytelling in, um, in the online museum, and then the garments are returned to their owners. That's re- it's, it's really beautiful. It is, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a wonderful. I think it's a, it's a wonderfully smart way to um, be able to have these conversations, and I think it's, um, 
uh, sort of helped other uh, helped institutions really uh, really see some of the value in in their collections for storytelling. Um, so there have been more fashion exhibitions since we've been pushing our little barrow. Yes, because people can always look at items and have that connection of of, of knowing what it potentially might feel like to exactly. wear yep. or walk in or how heavy it will feel. There's yep. a real connection yep. there as a vehicle. Yep. Yep. And uh, in a way, it's very contemporary um, fashion journalism. Yes. Well, one of the uh, other nice things about those, the garments, that because they're privately owned garments, we're not constrained in the way that an institution is. An institution's primary responsibility for a collection item is the care of that item. Um, we don't have that same level of, you know, of, of course we take care, but we don't need to um, put it behind glass or, um, you know, uh, protect it from insects. That's the responsibility of the owner of the garment. So, and we will give them advice on how, how to care for, but um, we have a lot more freedom in how we can show. And so how we present can be a lot more dynamic too than... than um, is possible for institutions. It's actually perfect journalism, really. Mm-hmm. Just docu- brilliant documentation. Yep. In its most purest. Next year, 2020, we will be 10 years old, so <gasps> we're looking at um, doing something special to mark that. Oh, that's exciting. What time, do you, what day, do you have a day, a month? Do you um, have a well, month? Uh, not yet. Uh, we're, we're working on plans. The Fashion Museum was established in January 2010 mm-hmm. and our first exhibition was in June 2010. So, so somewhere somewhere in between those two... Um, a winter... A winter show, maybe. Perhaps, yes. Perhaps. Then you get to make, take advantage of that low light and glitter up the skies with something. Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing all yeah. more about yeah, that. Yeah, well, we're, we're looking forward to developing something that um, that's really engaging for our community. Yep. Thank you so much, Doris, for coming in and chatting with me today. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you with the help of Liquid Studios. You're listening to an Artache podcast. Creative content from Artache.com.